Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And my guess is if you are part of the human experience, then you want to be happy. You want happiness to be a part of your equation. You want happy relationships. You want to be happy in the relationship with yourself. And that is the basis of our conversation today. I'm with Ruchika Honda, and we are going to talk about becoming happy. (laughs) How are you? I'm very fine, thank you. And just this topic for today's call has uh, amped up my focus on happiness. So let's go Mm -hmm. for it. Absolutely. So how do you define happiness in your own life? Or what does it mean if you're happy? I would say happiness is just another muscle. The more you use it, the more active it remains. But the more you just take it for granted or let it be, the greater chances are that uh, you will not be able to feel it as much. I agree with that. And there is a lot of work and science more recently about that sadness is a muscle too. So if we have a lot of practice being sad, complaining, being upset about things, even if bad things have happened to us, right? That's what it's not a victim blaming thing because people have been through horrible things. But if they focus on that horrible um, for too long, sometimes that can overtake the happiness. Is that what you understand? Yes. Uh, So let's just do a quick uh, test. If you are in an equation with a sibling or friend or your partner where there is some trigger that always kind of annoys you, how long does that annoying feeling last? If it's lasting anything longer than half an hour or so, it means that you're putting your happiness hostage to something. And then start working backwards from there of would you really like your happiness health to be that? It's like having a cold that never goes away. Mm. Uh, Great example. And I loved the 30 minutes thing because I think sometimes when people talk about happiness, they think, oh, I'm never going to be upset about anything. I'm never going to be sad. I'm never going to. And um, I read an article recently that said when we get angry, 63% of the time, it's about someone else. Like someone (laughs) did something to us or something along those lines. And so probably if we're interacting with humans, we're going to get upset at some point, (laughs) but, uh, but it doesn't have to be a cold that never goes away. I really liked your example. Thank you. And and that's how factual, if you get about your emotions, rather than treating them as something abstract, the better you are in actually deciding how and what you would like to be as an emotional being. I know I'm going to be annoying and say, I I like that concept too. And I promise I don't always do that. But thinking about emotions as people... Within like uh, emotional intelligence, you know, there's kind of this idea, oh, I'm worried that people who are trying to be emotionally intelligent are spending too much time practicing being sad. May I say it that way? Yes, yes. I, I, I kind of connect with you over there. Uh, they are somewhere missing the, the picture of, um, let's say, as you grow, you're so conditioned by your parents, your teachers, your society to hero worship something that's challenging, would you, for a change, just ask a question of, can I choose my happiness now? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, believe me, but you will not be really applauded for choosing your happiness for no reason at all. Because people that struggle and overcome and then be happy are somewhere allowed to be happier than you as a person who is asking and choosing to just continue to build that happiness muscle. People will Mm -hmm. say, are you like high on something? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, wow, you know, I like that. What if happiness could be like a contagious yawn? You yawn a happy yawn, another person does. And that's the vibe that's going across. Well, I love that. And I don't want to make happiness seem like too far of a stretch. But what we're talking about is there's some active intent on our part to be happy. And if someone doesn't want to do that work of figuring out how to be happy or choosing happiness, then they can, uh, in the U.S., we have this, have you ever heard the concept, one bad apple spools the bunch? If someone's miserable, they want to spread it everywhere, right? It is. It is very powerful. Like you may be this very happy or you know, at ease person who walks into a room where there's a bunch of people that are um, upset about maybe some uh, political issue or somebody's passing away. I mean, you don't need to know the details. You just catch the vibes and say, let me just tone down and fit in. Because the spotlight on you as a happy person around people that aren't as happy as you is awkward. It and is. That's and the kind of yeah misfit you should enjoy being. <laughs> no, I definitely uh, want to be that type of misfit, and uh, and there's a grief to that too. When if you do create happiness, and then other people want to stay in their misery, but there are people who may have been very close to you in times of your own misery, or people who are related to you, or people who you've known for twenty years. And if they want to stay miserable and then you choose to be happy, there can be some conflict within that. There can be. And um, I just like to share my own story here of my journey through trying to make the other person happy. In this case, it's my own mother. Um, She has an advanced um, lung condition that has her dependent on oxygen for long durations. So having been a person who's always been on the go, she is largely restricted to being at home today um, and lives in India. So when I do visit her, um, she can get out of the house to take a walk till the garden and sit down, but she just finds it awkward to be seen with a oxygen pipe and her machine. So um, we spend the entire day in the living room. Um, watching TV, and she's a person of few words, won't speak much, and uh, would be like, I'm happy. So one day I was like, Mom, don't you think that we can see the sadness in you, sense it? You're not. And the fact is that you are enough as you are for us. We are so, so grateful to have you. So if you think that you have nothing to give, well, that's your point of view. However, for me to have my mother in front of me is such a source of joy, and I can't let you take that away from me. So if you want to be sad deep down, that's okay. I won't make you wrong for it. 
I cannot join you and, and sympathize or pity you and say I'm equally or more sad than you that you can't you know, do all that you wish to. Oh, I crave that you could come and see my home that you've never seen in the Netherlands. But does that make me unhappy? No, I, I'm choosing to not be because I'd like to look back on this memory as a happy memory, even if it means being with you the way we are right now. I, thank you for that example. And I'm grateful for that. I, I talk about things called gravity problems, which are problems that we can't change. Like, you know, gravity exists, right? We can't change. And your mother is experiencing a really difficult, that type of health challenge is a gravity problem, right? Doctors have tried to change it. Things have, you've, you've done all the due diligence, I'm sure, getting her the health care that she provides. And this is, this is the option, right? This is the life she can have. Um, but you can find happiness in spite of those things, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's where your choice is tested in your honesty of, I am happy, but the truth is you're not. Because if you were happy, life would be, uh, there would be momentum to your life. You would say nothing is going to come between me and that walk where it's just a two-minute walk to that garden, which is so beautiful, where we went one day and there were like butterflies everywhere. It was the perfect warm autumn weather before the winter sunshine. And I was sitting there and that's like a magical moment for me. She did it for me one day, but she wouldn't do it for herself. So if you ever want to test your own happiness, honesty, and that's what I call it, Ask yourself if you're going willing to do that thing which makes you uncomfortable. But if you take that leap of faith and you do that, the kind of lightness that you experience is that happiness energy. And because I am a facilitator that works with energies, I talk energy as if it's a muscle. It's not a metaphysical mumbo-jumbo to me. It's, it's very real. So that's where you will face yourself about your intent versus the lie. That's so easy to believe in. So how do we increase that muscle? How do we build our happiness muscle? Choose to be more and more uncomfortable. It's hard mm -hmm. Because it's there's a different kind of happiness with being in your comfort zone, isn't it? If, for example, like, again, um, I used to drive around. I've driven now for nearly 20 years, but always around the city limits, scared that, you know, highway driving would mean that um, the car might break down or the GPS might, you know, take me somewhere else and I have a home and children and all that. So um, the comfort of saying that I'm, I'm fulfilling everything by driving around within this comfort zone is, is good enough. I'm happy. But the truth is, I knew I could do the longer uh, journeys. I enjoyed them, but I didn't dare to. I didn't dare to step into that kind of happiness, which asked me to get out of my comfort zone. One day, uh, when I had to go for an event in France for my other business, um, there were no direct connections, and it was 400 kilometers. 
And so I decided to just ask myself, Ruchika, what is it that's holding you back? And actually there was nothing. So I just filled up the car, put in the GPS, did a cross check and uh, went off. The event was a success. And my life has been different. Like I lived in that comfort zone and now it's a bigger bubble. Of course, that will again become a comfort zone. But that's where you can choose literally like how much happiness your heart can hold. And believe me, it's infinite. It's limitless. So long as you're willing to do that one uncomfortable task Whatever it may be in your life, in your pursuit, in your desire to fulfill your deeper truths. And and that's all. It's a choice of one step, of a discomfort, of happiness over fear. You're Mm -hmm. on your way. Mm -hmm. And it is a gift to the people in our lives, right? Your own mother's happiness is a gift to you. And I, I joke and I'm silly and I say, well, you know, has any child ever said, I'm so glad my mother was unhappy? No one, Absolutely right? No one not. says that because it's not better Correct. for children to have unhappy parents, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's important to know because as you were talking, I could almost hear people saying, well, but it's about other people's happiness. You know, I'm supposed to help other people be happy, not be happy myself. And we really forget that our happiness is a gift to the world and a gift to those we love. It puts less pressure on them. They are, they have permission to pursue their own happiness. Yes. Right. It's one of the least selfish things you can do. It's got a bad rap as if it's makes you selfish. To be happy or to pursue happiness, but there's a real bravery to pursuing happiness. Yes. is what I think you're saying. Yes, there is. There is. And if you can start laughing at your fears or anything that's holding you back, and that can include letting the other person know that I'm not willing to be a party to your sadness. Mm -hmm. It takes courage. The day I had that conversation with my mom, I said, I've never spoken like this with you before. And after having said that, I think I'm going to just go to my friend's house for the night. Please take the space you need. And I'm going to come back tomorrow and we will just continue our time together. However, um, it's a little overwhelming. So I was vulnerable in being myself totally rather than having this agenda-driven you know, conversation of you must be that or I can't be that and all that. You, know, you have to step out of that state of making yourself or the other person wrong or right and allow the pain to surface for what it is. Choose what is really going to create a bigger future for you. And that doesn't have to be a a big agenda. It can be even a small conversation with your mother or whoever you're stuck with in a repetitive pattern that you don't want to have anymore. This is taking charge of you for yourself. And as you so beautifully said, creating a legacy that endures 
for your children, especially in these COVID times when there isn't much out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think the the concept of it's been two years. I mean, the COVID thing has been almost two years and it really is, I think, I know it's always been wearing on people, but I think going through another holiday season where it's a COVID conversation and it's certainly, um, I have some family members who are not healthy and me personally trying to jump through some hoops to make sure, you know, I'm very isolated working from home and that type of thing, you know, but it's making sure I'm showing up as I need to do. Like, do I take a COVID test before I go visit them? Do I, you know, these are difficult conversations, right? (laughs) Things we weren't thinking of four years ago. I could just go visit my grandmother. And now I want to respect to, you know, be very respectful in my visit to my grandmother and and those things. Um, So it, it has worn us down. I've heard of the phrase, increasing your capacity for happiness. How does that phrase land with you and what your understanding of happiness is? Absolutely. It's uh, if your happiness walk was one kilometer and and you want to increase it, you've got to kind of get out there, show up for yourself, for yourself, regardless of what situation, whether it's at work or whether it's at home, um, and be willing to take on the judgments of others as well. And I'm going to use a very um, horrible comparative here, but judgments are just like somebody passing wind. They yeah. stink, but then they're <laughs> gone. However, in that, in that split second, 99% of the time we tend to shrink. We try to make ourselves smaller. And in those moments, we are choosing to actually say, oh, no, I I can't be happy if the other person is being so nasty. Mm -hmm. I can be happy when I'm with my friends who understand me. More than half the times, you're not getting those people who understand you. And the people who are being nasty with you are sometimes your closest people. You how long are you going to go around cutting people out of your life? Especially if, you know, they're your blood, they're your immediate relatives. If you can just expand out in those times of judgments coming your way, you have secured yourself a kind of happiness that is Literally like how the labels on some, you know, your outdoor jackets, it's weather resistance, water resistance. <laughs> it, can, it can last you 10 years or whatever not. That's Isn't that how it is? Whether it's clothes that you buy in a shop or animals, it's whatever endures the toughest conditions is mm-hmm. not going to let go of you anytime soon or at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. And that also holds true for happiness. Well, so I think about like uh, if if someone did break wind and you kind of like wave your hand above your above your nose, like oh, oh you know, and um, and I've got a, a a boy who's about to hit puberty, so I understand the the stink of, <laughs> of breaking wind, and uh, but I 
you know, that's kind of something automatically would kind of wave our hand in front of our nose and go, Ugh, and wave it away. And as so as you were talking about judgments, I kind of thought um, about waving it away. And I know the people in this, my listeners, and I know you and I are both people who are really into personal growth, really into be being better versions of ourselves, really into taking feedback and applying it. I, I already know that about you. And I think you can be both and, you know, you can find experts, you can be introspective, you can really work on improving yourself. And when people break their judgment wins, you can also wave it away. I think people are really scared about that middle ground. It's like, well, I want to be self-reflective. I want to take advice. I want to, to grow. And it's like, yes. And you don't want to stick every label someone gives you on your back and wear it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like your examples. I like your examples. <laughs> well, gosh. Um, so if you had a one minute message that you got to talk to the entire world for one minute on the subject of happiness, what would you say? I would um, ask you to ask a question anytime you face a challenge to your happiness. And that is simply something that's happening in your mind at the speed of lightning. And that's the only thing that will be faster than the situation that can crop up anytime. It could be a personal one or a work one. So to really be honest with yourself and, and uh, choose to commit in the moment as well, because it's very easy to commit and say, I'll do the inner work in the morning or at night and, you know, go for a walk or whatever. But what happens when you're in the thick of a situation? Mm. Usually you miss the bus and later on you're like, dang it, I should have said this or I should have thought that. So here's what you can do. And that is simply to ask a question and the awareness will make you choose of whether you want to believe the truth of what's coming your way or you want to believe that your happiness is a part of your flesh and bone structure and it won't go away anywhere. It's just a matter of choosing followed by the question of what is happening here and what am I going to do here? And if it's a judgment coming your way, you could in your mind just say, what an interesting point of view that that person thinks like that. And just wave that judgment wind, like you said. I love it. Will you please tell our listeners where they can find out more about you? Well, you can visit me at my website, ruchikahanda.com, or look me up on Facebook, where uh, my profile goes by the same name. So that's those are the two places that you can quickly connect with me at. And I love uh, hearing uh, your thoughts about what you got from the talk. So do reach out. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. If you have been listening to the toxic person proof podcast and think, gosh, there's really something different about this. There's something different about what Sarah's saying. 
good because there's so many people talking about narcissism and talking about understanding toxic relationships and too few people talking about building an amazing life after a toxic person encounter finding love finding joy finding that new career finding a great relationship with your kids finding yourself finding your confidence so if you love what you hear then you would probably love the wondrous woman program which is a program that i run to help people reconnect with what's right with them become toxic person proof and go on to design lives they're excited about living so go to my website sarahkramsey.com check out the tab on programs to find out more and then sign up for a call to see if the toxic person proof program and the wondrous woman program is right for you Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.